is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Welcome to Catholic Review Radio. I'm George Matisek. The 2023-24 academic year for Catholic schools in the Archdiocese of Baltimore opened August 28th for 58 schools within the Archdiocese. Joining us to talk about Catholic education and some of the highlights for the coming year is Dr. Donna Hargens, Superintendent for Catholic Schools in the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Dr. Hargens, thanks so much for being here on Catholic Review Radio. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about our wonderful Catholic schools. Well, last year, in the last academic year, Catholic schools in the Archdiocese enjoyed a significant boost in enrollment, and there were 24,743 students enrolled. And I know the final figures are, are not in yet for this year. They won't be ready until October but the school system is projecting a 1% increase from last year. And there are several Catholic schools that have seen really significant increases. Um, Archbishop Borders in Highland Town has an 18% increase this year. St. Agnes in Catonsville has a 15% increase. And St. Mark in Catonsville has a 14% increase. Uh, What's driving the increase in enrollment in Catholic schools? Well, and I think what happened was uh, certainly during COVID, it it put the light on us and the quality of the education and our teachers. And when I hear the numbers, it's all to me about individuals that are going to benefit from Catholic education and ac- accessing Catholic education. So we continue to, as you said, uh, benefit from an increase in enrollment. So we're helping more students and more families, which we're grateful for. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing that the students who joined the Catholic school system during the pandemic, are they tending to stay? Are you having a high retention rate among those who come into the system? Absolutely. There are a lot of families that they didn't know the quality of the education that their children would receive. And our principals really were determined to retain those families and keep those students in Catholic education. And of course we have, we serve non-Catholic students as well, but everyone in a Catholic school is immersed in the Catholic faith and uh, Catholic identity is the most important part of what we do. The uh, theme this year is actually related to Catholic identity. It's the joy of the Lord is your strength. How will the schools live out that theme in the coming year? Well, and they are so creative. Uh, So obviously uh, our schools really do represent joy. We have joyful students and joyful educators and administrators who serve those students. So the joy of the Lord. So what we want people to focus on is that even a problem can be joyful, is how you do everything you do. If we remember that Christ died for us, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So how can you have a bad day when you focus on that? 
So, uh, and it's the logo. We always do a, a design contest. So we pick a passage and then we ask our students to um, actually uh, do a picture or do a design of that logo. And this year's logo, the official logo was created by Amanda Abdul-Sabur, a student at St. Mark's School. Will the students be be focusing on this theme in their religion ca- classes throughout the year or other cur- other parts of the curriculum? Absolutely. So it always goes back to the core of our core, which is the joy of the Lord is your strength. So uh, so people will focus on it. I've seen, like I said, a lot of creativity, bulletin boards, um, uh, carpets that say joy, everything about this year is is going to be about joy. As we record this interview, the Catholic Review is going to press on our September issue, and we have a big section about Catholic schools uh, back in our back to school section. And there were two stories that really struck me. There are a lot of great stories in that, but two of them really stood out. One is about a new program at St. Francis Academy in East Baltimore, which is a school made up mostly of African-Americans, and they are actually training students to become pilots which is really important because there are so few African-American pilots in the country. Only 2.2% of all airline pilots are are black. So that's a really great program. And and the other one that really jumped out at me is the aquaponics program at Bishop Walsh School in Cumberland. And uh, aquaponics involves raising fish. They raise blue uh, tilapia in these huge fish tanks at the school. And then the nutrients from the fish's waste help grow plants, vegetables that they, they have the vegetables available in the school and then they sell it. They hope to sell it to the restaurants and they also give it to a rescue mission in Cumberland. So they're, they're learning all kinds of things about science and giving back. And I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about what do you think students gain from these kinds of extracurricular programs in the Catholic schools? Well, and our, our actually what we focus on is a Christ-centered environment that is academically excellent that empowers students to reach their full potential. So when you give the students an opportunity to do something related to their interest and learn, like St. Francis Academy with learning for maybe the goal of becoming a pilot or at Bishop Walsh learning about hydroponics, you are creating in education terms uh, an interest It's a catalyst for wanting to learn more because in both of those things, you need to be able to communicate well and you need to be able to uh, uh, do math. So you're learning in the context of something that's really interesting and exciting to you. So that's a core of, of what our teachers do is make the learning relevant to the learner. In your travels, are there other programs that stand out in the Catholic schools? Well, we have robotics programs, we have maker spaces, we have uh, 3D printers. So what you see is students using uh, state-of-the-art equipment and taking advantage of 21st century skills. So we do see those in our Catholic schools. And sometimes people don't know that about us that you will go into a Catholic school and you will see a maker space. Uh, you will see at St. Agnes, a state-of-the-art uh, lab, uh, science lab. Uh, so you'll see all of those things. And then you also see performing arts. 
So if if you haven't been to a Catholic school and to see a performance of what our students do, you need to see that as well. So again, it's what motivates a student to learn, what's their interest, and us providing an avenue and an opportunity for them to learn. But back to remember everything we do from a performance to robotics competition, we're first and foremost, first and foremost, Christ-centered. And again, we focus on academic excellence. The last few years, the bishops have put a a heavy focus on uh, reviving an understanding of the Holy Eucharist. And uh, in the Archdiocese of Baltimore, we actually had a whole year devoted to the Eucharist. And that campaign is ongoing. What what are the Catholic schools doing to help children understand what the Eucharist is and, and how they can develop a love for the Eucharist? Well, and what you will see in our schools is Eucharistic adoration and our students learning um, uh, about how to how to really be present and and in Eucharistic adoration. So there will be a school that um, St. John Westminster, where Father Mark will bless every classroom. Uh, I believe he carries the Eucharist uh, through the school. So what you see is a real focus on that. And our theme was year of the Eucharist. So we learned how you encounter Christ, right? In the four ways. Then we went to one body in Christ because we are one body in Christ. And then this year, the joy of the Lord. So uh, so we should, and our students go to mass and we should all be in awe of, of the Eucharist at mass and receiving it. My favorite part of the convocation and this is my sixth year in the Archdiocese of Baltimore, is being present with every educator and, of course, receiving the Eucharist. When you see those lines of people receiving Christ together as one body, that's still, I'm in awe of that. So that's what our students are doing, is learning to encounter Christ, have a relationship with Christ, and to be in awe. Uh, that Christ died for us. Uh, so he really, so the joy of the Lord is um, our strength. I know there's a new program launching uh, in 2024 called Gift of All Truth, which will train young adults to become evangelization missionaries. So you'll have 18 year old to, I guess it's 30 or 35 year olds being trained specifically about how to evangelize. And one of the first places they plan to go is Mother Mary Lang Catholic School. So it's interesting we got that kind of relationship developing among the schools and evangelization efforts. And we're so excited about uh, the missionaries that are going to focus on evangelization of youth, focusing on Mother Mary Lang. Uh, so uh, so again, I, be- I believe that will bear a lot of fruit for individuals. I mean, you change people's lives through helping them encounter Christ. Uh, This is life changing. So to have missionaries in love with their faith, sharing that with our students, that's a beautiful thing. And of course, our educators share their faith. Uh, When I talk to Catholic educators, they say the best part about teaching in a Catholic school is I am sharing my faith and I'm growing spiritually through the experience of of being in a Catholic school. And that's a wonderful thing to hear as well. 
Well, our guest today is Dr. Donna Hargens. She is the superintendent of Catholic schools for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We're going to take a little break and we'll continue our conversation in a moment. I'm George Matisek. You're listening to Catholic Review Radio. We'll be back in a moment. Archdiocese of Baltimore makes the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org accountability. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with a Catholic Review. USA Tran has a key strategy for the upcoming Dragon Boat races. Be prepared. Tran will take part in a 16-team competition that will go head-to-head in all-day elimination races to raise funds for Catholic Charities human services programs that benefit children and families, seniors, people affected by poverty, immigrants, and individuals with intellectual disabilities. And of course, the goal is to win the coveted Dragon Cup and bragging rights that will come with it. The races will be held September 9th from 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. at Baltimore's Inner Harbor. A festival runs concurrently from noon until 5 p.m. The popular biannual outdoor event was last held in 2018 and was paused during the coronavirus pandemic. Quote, preparation is as intense as any team would like it to be, said Trant, one of the coaches from the Baltimore Dragon Boat Club, who has been helping to coach all of the participating teams. Quote, we have teams who are just in it for fun and have a great time paddling and working as a team. The opposite end of the spectrum is the team that says, this is a race and we're here to win. End quote. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. Pope Francis prayed that God will raise up a new generation of well-educated and faithful Catholic leaders committed to promoting the Church's social and ethical teachings through public service, especially in politics. Such leaders, he told members of the International Catholic Legislators Network, can contribute to building God's kingdom by placing human life and dignity at the center of their concern and ensuring care for the environment and the world's poorest people. The Pope met at the Vatican August 26th with legislators who were holding their annual meeting south of Rome. Read more on these and other stories at catholicreview.org. For Catholic Review Media, I'm Kevin Parks. As parents, we want to put our children on the right path, one that leads them to become intelligent, responsible, compassionate adults. That path begins with a Catholic education. Catholic schools inspire academic excellence with a balanced curriculum that integrates music, arts, world language, and Catholic faith, while challenging students in the areas of science, math, and technology. Help your child reach their full potential. Enroll in a Catholic school today. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. I'm George Matisek. We're talking today with Dr. Donna Hargens, Superintendent of Catholic Schools for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Uh, Dr. Donna Hargens, the BOOST program, which is a scholarship program funded by the state of Maryland and provides $9 million in scholarship money to children from low-income families to attend Catholic and other non-public schools, has faced some challenges in recent years. Uh, The new governor tried to phase out the program but it was ultimately restored by the legislature. 
This year, Boost received about 7,000 applications from low-income families for that $9 million in scholarships. And from what I understand from the Maryland Catholic Conference, based on the number of certified applicants for this coming school year, it's really about double of what the need is, a double what the amount um, appropriated by the legislature was. So could you talk about how important it is for our lawmakers to understand Boost and how it helps children in our state? When we took students to non-public advocacy day, school advocacy day in Annapolis, I am grateful for legislators who listened to our students and heard the impact. Because again, the, the impact told by a student or parents was really important. So I am grateful that they listened to our students and hopefully we are changing hearts and minds, but the numbers speak for themselves. When you give people an opportunity to apply for a boost scholarship and when there are 7,000 applications and when the need, the number of applications amount to twice what's available, the numbers should change minds and hearts is that that many people uh, wanted to access Catholic education and wanted a Catholic uh, school environment for their child. So to me, the numbers speak for uh, and are helpful to change hearts and minds. And we will be back um, asking again for the support and an increase in the amount because our students deserve to have the choice to, and our parents deserve to have the choice to have their child in a Catholic school if that's what they want. Will you be inviting lawmakers again this year to come visit the Catholic schools, especially the boost schools? All of our um, schools invite legislators uh, to actually visit the school. Again, people are moved by an experience and they might not know um, what the experience is really like. So we encourage legislators and, and the governor uh, to come and visit our schools and see that their decision to put $9 million in their budget is making a huge difference in the lives of students. And I hope, I hope what they see also is that we did leave some people behind. Uh, when they wanted to access Catholic education but um, or private education, and they didn't get the opportunity. So I imagine that must be a very sad day when you get the letter that says you did not get the, the Boost Scholarship. Because again, uh, you were hoping for that for your child. Um, so I hope they also know the impact of on the students that didn't get the opportunity. What could be done to make this program more permanent so that we avoid the kind of legislative skirmishes that, that we see from year to year? Our hope is that it would be put into law and that it wouldn't be a discussion every year, uh, and um, but that it would actually just be put into law and that we could count on it and our families could count on it. That would be our hope. And I know uh, every year that that's what we hope for. Um, so, and again, just to be clear, we're grateful for the 9 million, right? We're grateful that students are benefiting, but we also have to tell the story about uh, who didn't 
uh, get to benefit from Catholic education. Could you speak a little bit more broadly about the affordability of Catholic education? I, I know when you compare the cost of tuition with other non-public schools, it, Catholic schools are significantly more affordable, but it, it's still out of reach for a lot of families. Uh, how, what, what kinds of steps are being taken to make Catholic education affordable in the archdiocese? Well, I am always grateful for the generosity of the donors for Partners in Excellence, which provides a lot of um, dollars to help students. So, uh, so that is really, again, makes it affordable. And that combined with the Boost Scholarship and every family does still pay. Uh, so, uh, but that is huge. And I know there's a pie breakfast uh, in the fall that we hope people will come to and uh, and donate because it does help our students. Uh, so the, our, the generosity of this community and we work uh, is is really making a difference as well. So it's boost dollars plus the generosity of this community. And you're exactly right. Our, our families wouldn't be able to afford Catholic education. We are also looking, um, having uh, Notre Dame come and do a workshop about Latino enrollment. Uh, and so how can we better reach out to the Latino community? Uh, but, and our budget reviews are all about keeping it as affordable as we can. So how do we grow and sustain Catholic schools and still don't outprice and leave families behind because it gets too expensive? But as you can imagine, that's a challenge uh, because the cost of everything goes up. The other challenge, of course, is we want to pay teachers well, and we try to increase their salaries. But again, we're trying to do that um, along with keeping it affordable for parents. Dame Selinger, who was the first chancellor for Catholic education in the Archdiocese of Baltimore, retired in June of 2022. And the Archdiocese has been co conducting a national search for his replacement that's been going on for about a year now. Uh, what's the status of that search? It is ongoing. And we all agree that uh, James Selinger is hard to follow. Uh, and he set a high bar, big shoes to fill. So I am, I am completely confident that the Holy Spirit will bring the right person into that role. Uh, and in the meantime, we have a great team. We are not skipping a beat and we're, we're just getting everything done. Uh, but I know the importance of the role because I worked with Jim for five of his eight years, and I know it's important and you want to get it right. So we will wait and continue to pray. And he's been doing some consulting work with the Archdiocese, even in his retirement. He he is very generous with his time, and uh, he's a wonderful person, and I can't ima imagine a better chancellor of education. Um, so he does, and he always is a phone call away uh, to answer a question. So he's been very generous, but I also know that he we want what we want for him is to enjoy retirement and his grandchildren, right. uh, and he has a new grandson. So uh, so we we're happy that he's enjoying that as well. This year is also a special year for Notre Dame Preparatory School because it's their 150th anniversary. And Archbishop Laurie will be celebrating a special mass there in September. Are there other special events coming up this year, uh, special highlights 
for the coming academic year? Well, anytime. I know, for instance, like Resurrection St. Paul, their church renovation will be done So uh, in the spring. Uh, so uh, there are lots of things like that happening. And we're planning to have our last principals meeting there to celebrate with them uh, that it's done. And I know they had a big anniversary too uh, and had a gala last year. So there are a lot of excite exciting things happening like that. And I can tell you, Archbishop Lori, when he goes to any school to do mass, which he does a lot, and he's so generous, that's a big deal for any school. So Archbishop Lori is very sought after, as well as Bishop Parker and uh, Bishop Lee Wendowski. So we're grateful uh, to all three of them. Uh, but Archbishop Lori, it's it's roll out the red carpet um, and pure joy. There's that word again, when Archbishop Lori visits your school. Okay, we've got about a minute left. Uh, what are you most excited about for the coming academic year? I love school, uh, but I'm the superintendent, so I should. But what I see is people joyfully preparing for the students. And I see everyone as so ready uh, and excited about the school year. So to me, the school year is you begin again. And the faculty are excited and the students are excited. I know the parents are excited. So, but I am grateful for the faith-filled commitment and passion of everyone who's getting ready for this uh, new school year and the team in the Department of Catholic Schools who is tirelessly working to support uh, the schools. Great. And if you'd like to learn more about Catholic schools in the Archdiocese of Baltimore, you can go to archbalt.org schools. And there's a lot of information about Catholic education in the Archdiocese. Our guest today has been Dr. Donna Hargan, Superintendent of Catholic Schools for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Dr. Hargins, thanks again for being here. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor. For Catholic Review Radio, I'm George Matasek. Thanks for listening. Remember the spirit of your parish community, the power of worshiping together, the warmth of friends new and old who share your faith. Join us for Mass this weekend. Visit archbelt.org to find a Catholic parish near you. Feel the joy. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.